jadikan pedoman seorang diri berkelana mencari pasti hati di tangan Welcome to Black Kaji Radio Episode 2. I'm Chi Wai from the Observatory. And this is Mark from Ujikaji. Black Kaji Radio is an initiative um, by the same people that brought you Black Kaji. Uh, and of course, this is being a radio program rather than um, live performances and gigs. We started off with Segment 1, The Black Box, Unreleased Works. And so the first track that we heard is a beautiful track by Tingtang Langit. It's called Elegy. Tintan Langit is a Singapore-based singer-songwriter influenced by people like Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, M. Nasir, and Ewan Faust. And the next track is by a long-time collaborator and co-curator of the Asian Meeting Festival, DJ Sniff. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, the period that he recorded this track, the track title is Candied Yams and Marshmallows. The recording will have its greatest usefulness if you do not listen to it before you try it. You need no special preparations. The recording tells you everything you need to know. Merely take your record player and the record into a quiet room where you can be alone for at least an hour. May I state emphatically that this recording will not cure you of anything. The three subjects who were in the studio at the time of the recording learn to take themselves into self-hypnosis within the span of this recording. All of them were, of course, normal people. Break your head! Do the 
So the next track will be by Sudarshan Chandra Kumar and Doug Strongberg. Sudar is a musician and improv artist uh, from Kuala Lumpur. And Dirk Stromberg is an American music technologist, composer, and improviser. He's also a full-time educator in LaSalle College of the Arts. So t- sometime around 2018, when Sudar was in Singapore for a number of gigs, I think, um, him, uh, he and Dirk uh, improvised and played and recorded some, some music. And this is the result of one of those sessions. This is a track called Two Takes.
Coming up next is a track by Dodgy South. Dodgy South is a duo comprising Nigel Lopez and Jonathan Chua. Nigel also runs a label and a live, live music series called Evening Chants. Dodgy South is, uh, has contributed a track called Voyeur for this radio program. And the track is really all about um, spying and invasion of privacy and all the awful things that we have to face with in living in the world like today. Touch, bow. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm Cheryl from The Observatory, and we have reached segment two, Unpacking the Packing, Interviews and Conversations. For episode two, we have Darren Dubwise from Singapore Community Radio, talking to Nick and Leon from The Analog Vault. Singapore Community Radio was founded to elevate the music community in 2017. And in 2020, they have started a radio show bringing programs of shows, podcasts, live streams, guest mixes, editorial features. And the Analog Vault, which we all know is a record store located at the Esplanade, offering a wide and tightly curated mix of vinyl records and other music and analog goods, including books and magazines. Hi, I'm Leon from the Analog Vault. I'm Nick, also from the Analog Vault. <laughs> and I'm Darren from Singapore Community Radio. Welcome, welcome to our little segment. Yeah, I guess today we're <laughs> going to talk a little bit about the state of, of the music industry in Singapore. What we are doing as a record shop. Yeah. And Darren? Well, for Singapore Community Radio, we exist kind of like a streaming and editorial platform. We aim to kind of like push uh, music and also the other creative arts uh, I guess, like segments that exist within Singapore. And, you know, first of all, you know, trying to promote it within uh, Singaporeans uh, and people living in Singapore itself and optimistically also, you know, outside towards the rest of the world. Yeah. How about you guys? I guess we've been trying to focus on local artists. So we started the label last year Mm -hmm. and we released uh, Fox. Uh, We just released Dot GIF's record earlier this year. And then next up on the roster is Intrigant, yeah. coming out in this month. Yeah. Yeah. So is TAV very focused on kind of, uh, you know, looking out for the talent that uh, exists within Singapore and kind of like, you know, putting out physical releases for them? Yeah, I think basically we just want to represent people who we think are special. Uh, yeah. And also just trying to look out for anything that suits the shop as well. Yeah, exactly. I guess like it would be kind of right to say that, you know, compared to, I guess, the more common lands- music landscape in Singapore, I think both of our entities kind of like try and push and promote more niche a niche kind of like i guess a sound or like a you know arts is pretty kind of like a niche thing in singapore as well yeah Yeah. what do you guys think about that well i think okay i can i guess i can talk about just the record side of it i guess it's nice to actually make it into a physical format and to actually realize the i think like for music music lovers or you know people that are into the artists it's always nice to Kind of like hold something exactly. or own well. Mm, the physicality of, of a record definitely kind of has a different legitimacy, maybe to people. Uh, makes people value it differently. Yeah. So, like, shout out to all the la- other labels uh, yeah. who do this like yeah. evening chance. Yeah, kitchen uh, label, kitchen <laughs> label, Ujikaji, of course. Yeah, um, I guess we got inspired by. Yeah, exactly, them, so. exactly. We basically got inspired by the people in our local crate. Okay, so how do you guys go about searching for these artists to put out on the label? <laughs> to start is actually first friends in the mm. immediate circle. And to be then... honest, it's it's like quite established artists already yeah. within the local scene. Like we haven't really released an unknown person yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. But maybe that's about to change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we would like to, right? Yeah. Moving forward. But I guess to start the label off, yeah. it kind of made sense with Fox. Yeah. Like the timing was right. Yeah. And that album really deserved a vinyl release. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah. I, I agree. So, And all these artists, they have put out music on their own, I believe. Uh, but a lot of it kind of exists in, I guess, a digital, in the digital world, in streaming and all that. Yeah. And I guess it's like, it's just nice to, you know, for their fans and even themselves, the artists themselves, to have a physical imprint of uh, that output. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and also if you think about how people like consume music, like the industry focus being on singles, mm-hmm. right? More more recently. Vinyl LPs definitely help to increase people's yeah. attention spans because you just put the record on and you have to listen to the whole oh, thing. Album. Yeah. In Singapore, I guess people buy LPs. Mm-hmm. People don't buy EPs or singles that much. For people that have like a Dodgif record, it's Really great lah yeah. to, to us. Also, I guess yeah, just having the physical format and mm. the artwork is always so nice. Have Have you found Have you guys found like uh you know during this period, 
more people coming by the store. Uh, you know, maybe an increase in people buying records and you know the kind of like records they buy. Well, our shop mainly sells jazz. Yeah. Yeah, so like most people know us as the jazz shop. We just kind of do happen to have a bit of, of local stuff yeah. as well. Uh, as much as we can. Uh, and we would like to have more. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, most people come in looking for jazz. Well, I guess a lot of um, tourists or people overseas, they're always looking for local music. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I found as well uh, when running uh, White Label. That because there used to be a lot of uh, tourists that came by here, a lot of times uh, they're searching for like local artists yeah. or like mm. people from around the region. And even when I'm traveling, I always uh, go to overseas record stores and I'll f- try and find like local local output mm. uh, because. You know, nowadays it's so easy to kind of like buy anything online, right? Yeah. As long as you, you know what it is yeah, uh, and you know how to use Google, you're going to be able to track it down. But I guess like a little bit more tricky when you kind of like go to a country and then like you want to know the lowdown on like, oh, what's, yeah, what, what's the records uh, the record store recommends, you know, to listen to for like, you know, what they're putting out locally over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. That's why I'm very grateful also for like SGCR to happen because it helps the music discovery thing. <clears throat> if people come into the shop and ask what to listen to, even if we don't have yeah. certain records of certain artists, I can just say, tune into SGCR tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a disclaimer is like uh, at SGCR, we, I mean, play definitely beyond like local music. We try and kind of like highlight, I wouldn't say more niche, but a different kind of. Uh, music experience you know Mm. compared to you know what you could kind of find on local radio you know being dictated by the youtube or spotify algorithms what you can discover uh and also gives like kind of like a a curator's kind of uh, you know based on like you know the djs or the host or guests that are you know presenting shows on sgcr what are their kind of like choice picks or stuff that they recommend that you listen to yeah Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, I learned so much about Japanese hip hop the other day from uh, Matt Sagia mm-hmm. and Louis Quack. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been already putting out a slew of like local music releases. I mean, what's the what's the plan forward for the future? Are you guys looking for more uh, bands. local bands, local, local, bands. Artists? local artists? Yeah, any dream artists that you guys want? Any genres like jazz, for example, yeah. that you guys want to put out? Well, for the next one. Mm-hmm. We thought of having Kribo. Yeah, so that one is definitely on the cards for 2021. Kribo Records has been putting out so much music in the last two, three years. Yeah. And the live set is great. So, like, mm. the Kribo Brothers live set. So, yeah. So, like, veering away from our... I guess we've been a bit electronic la, in the last few releases. We want to be, uh, kind of represent more, more live... But we, yeah, area. anything goes kind of thing. Like, we just like, Yeah, I guess no, like the shop lah. Yeah, yeah, just no specifics, but we're looking for bands next year. Mm. For in terms of style. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But local artists lah. Yeah, local artists. Yeah. I think we jazz. would like to focus on local artists for a good, I don't know. <laughs> oh, as long as we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much talent in Singapore. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's always nice to have uh, local artists being documented. Mm. Yeah, like you said, uh, you know, being archived, a lot of these artists having put out music that's uh, digital, yeah. it's mm-hmm. nice for them to have a kind of like a physical documentation of their output. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I do feel like Kribo Records does kind of personify the analogness <laughs> yeah. of the shop because he records analog. Yeah. Yeah. So I think analog. the only time it gets into digital is when it goes into logic. Visually, he uses to mix. Sometimes they record the tape also. Mm. Yeah. Analog vault. Yeah, man. <laughs> his his studio is really an analog vault. Yeah. Of instruments. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the release. Yeah, yeah funky. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully next year. And you guys want to put out a jazz, uh, I guess, jazz like a jazz record, so. a I local jazz record. Dream, la, yeah, dream that's record. A dream record. Yeah. Of course, like, there's people like Aya and Chalk, yeah. right? That we, we really, really love. We still sell Chalk's album, ah. Uh. Yeah, we still have chalks up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be nice to kind of have a compilation of sorts or yeah. maybe just a album with like crazy amount of guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what we try and do for with DAV as well. Just yeah. Yeah, I mean like uh, back then when, uh, well, pre-pandemic, uh, 
you guys often had like showcases uh, in the saw itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we try. It's not the most ideal space to have live music, actually, but we we try our best. Yeah, it's a tiny store, yeah, and like if store. you have like a a band or like a performer in there, and then yeah, you, it, it kind of like even cuts down the amount of people that can be in the store itself. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, though, the variety of artists that we've had in the store is quite crazy really yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's nice we got singer songwriters we got experimental people we got straight up house we got like yeah and DJs hmm it's been good yeah it's been nice yeah moving forward like for me I would love to see more cross pollination between mm-hmm. uh, different scenes here la. yeah definitely yeah, I yeah. think Singapore is only that small and and funnily yeah. enough, I think a lot of people that are involved in like music or the arts, mm. they are actually involved in multiple projects across different genres. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, we often work with uh, collaborators. Mm. Uh, like for example, if Evening Chance to have a show on SGCR. Even you guys, Analog, yeah, we you have a regular that. show the on mm. Analog Club yeah. over on SGCR. I mean, we have uh, Matt who's doing a Zujago Jazz Beats where he talks about about jazz records uh, or, or other kind of like jazz influence stuff that he's into and he recommends. Yeah. Yeah, it's always nice. I learned, still continue to learn so much from it. I guess the the key uh, is in maybe ar- archiving because, yeah, yeah, like you said, a lot of this content is transient and maybe the thing that can set us apart is mm-hmm. the the archiving. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a longevity. <laughs> Continuity. Continuity, yeah. And yes. Uh, what we like to do at SGCI is also, you know, have conversations, uh, you know, like this with the artists or creators, uh, give a kind of like a different insight, you know, other than what they send out when they have a press release or just a straight up editorial. Mm, more yeah. intimate la, and honest. Mm. When we are allowed to have like live music again, what do you think it's going to be like? Okay. Yeah. Well, for one, like once we have like live music back, I feel that there's going to be still a lot of regulations in place. Mm-hmm. There'll be, you know, number restrictions. But uh, definitely, I think for private operators, it'll still be very challenging. And I feel that we're still going to see uh, a drastic drop in live type venues or, you yeah. know, opportunities for like artists to perform or showcase mm-hmm. their stuff. So I think like for one, you know, do you guys intend to bring back your sessions in the record store? When if we the, can, uh, yeah. Yeah. when we can, yeah. we definitely. I'm, I mean, I'm always wondering like, what does this mean for small venues? Yeah. So like live house, this kind of, it's kind of like, and choice cuts. Yeah. Like uh, you could just coordinate off and say it's a private thingamajig right and then yeah. just do have like 10 people 20 people that's all you can fit yeah. in there I mean like I, I definitely wonder for like you know gig organizers especially smaller yeah. smaller gig organizers you know the additional amount of like you know, paperwork or regulations or that they have to deal with you know coming into this post-covid world mm. yeah. yeah I think everybody's scratching their head about about all the restrictions you know speaking for SGCR I do st- still see the strength in continuing the live stream uh, you know platforms being Mm. having the artists being able to Mm. kind of uh, perform on the online kind of platform like a live stream and I think what's important it's for like artists to be able to engage with their their audience like uh, on a live stream Uh, I think it's a new thing that over this period I think various artists are slowly starting to understand you know we're definitely gonna miss going to a live show you know as an audience being surrounded by like fellow music fans feeling the energy of the crowd over there and then and feeling that music loud music I guess loud. when you're the band play yeah. uh, in this world I guess we have to learn how to adapt mm-hmm. uh, you know there's still ways how to engage with your audience as a band and I guess it will be more direct even though it's like a very kind of like text based thing yeah. uh, I think like fans they appreciate it reading their chats reading their comments and kind of like answering directly or immediately or yeah. like you know when you can during your performance yeah. live stream is definitely here to stay I think it it also helps artists of certain dispositions mm-hmm. personally like maybe you're not as uh, flamboyant on stage or whatever but something about a live stream breaks down a barrier of presentation mm-hmm. that it's just more chill uh. <laughs> so you can yeah. just be yourself a little bit more yeah 
I think it depends a lot on what you're doing. Uh, like it's different to to present a live stream if you're DJing mm. or if you're playing in a band. Yeah. Or if you're doing a live electronic set. Yeah, it depends. On the level of engagement will vary, lah. Yeah, I guess post pandemic live performance and live stream could go together. So together. Like, yeah. yeah, that that definitely could be an interesting <laughs> proposition to kind of like have a hybrid of, uh, you know, a live audience as well as a live streaming audience. Do you think moving forward when uh, live shows start coming back, do you think the platform is going to be as watched <laughs> or listened to as now? Irregardless of like, you know, venues opening up and all that, uh you know, Singapore has always had like kind of a, I would say, lack of small or mid-sized venues for, yeah. I guess, emerging artists to, you know, be able to showcase or perform. And then like, you know, beyond that, it will be, you know, kind of up to these artists to either find a platform or a gig organizer that's willing to organize a gig like that yeah. to mm-hmm. or, you know, up to themselves to kind of like, you know maybe come up with the logistics or like the be the have the know-how to mm. to run a show so i feel that you know even if uh, venues open up the future of i guess like music uh, in singapore could be elevated the live stream platform can still exist to kind of uh, have a platform for these smaller emerging or even established artists to yeah. first of all build their own following showcase their new music or even just talk with their fans yeah yeah yeah, archive, archive. yeah i mean it's always nice to have like a you know things archive yeah. online as well yeah there's a lot happening but i always thought that the the scene in general or the industry here is a little bit splintered mm-hmm. like there's a lot of different uh, like silos like you know different yeah, yeah and like like the dance scene for example and the, the experimental scene could not be more different mm-hmm. but there's very little crossover and there's very little chance that we get to like uh, cross-pollinate la, yeah. between scenes so and like SGCR is a good platform for that yeah, yeah, that's what we kind of like hope to achieve with, uh, you know, SGCR as well to, you know, just be have this like a platform for all these emerging or different or even experimental, uh, you know, scenes and like people of different creative outputs to be able to, to come together and have like a, you know, a platform to kind of like shout from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, we'd like to wrap up our conversation. Yeah, thanks, uh, Black Kaji, yeah, for hosting this. Hope you enjoy the rest of the programming. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, Leon, and Darren. So we're now moving on into segment three, something we call Houseworks, Music from Things at Home. And to, get, uh, to introduce the first track, can we get uh, Dharma from the Observatory to tell us a bit about the artist and the track? Hi, the first track in the segment that we're going to present is by Lo Zubun. Uh, Zubun was a um, programmer in, at the Singapore International Film Festival and he's a film and noise music enthusiast. So his track is something that is actually in Chinese and I'll attempt to read it. It's called 客人来,小鸟不在家 which tra- kind of translates to the guests or the visitors are coming to our house but uh, the, the bird is not at home.
That was Amanda Ling with Home Musings. Amanda is a keyboard player who's played in a couple of bands before, namely Electric Co. and currently still with uh, In Each Hand a Cutlass. In recent times, she's been dabbling in sound healing and she's also a yoga instructor. So for the third and last track in this segment, Houseworks, we have a piece called Order by Inaya Matahari. Inaya is the daughter of the artists Ila and Bani Heikel. And this is actually a track that uh, was recorded with Inaya uh, making sounds with all of her favourite objects. And I believe that this will be her debut track ever. We've come to segment four now, something that we call Making Audible. This segment is all about um, finding different collaborators to do readings uh, of text with different collaborators doing music or sound. For this week, what we have is uh, Sumon Mubarak and Zakir Hussein, both of whom are from Bangladesh, contributing readings and texts. And our one and only observatory, who have uh, created the backing uh, musical tracks. We'll have uh, Dharma from the Observatory to explain a bit more about these collaborations. Sumon and Zakir 
live in migrant worker dormitories here in Singapore and with the current pandemic, their movement is very much restricted, even on their off days. So we didn't have the privilege of uh, doing this piece together with them in, in the same space. So what they did was they recorded their poem when everything around them was uh, pretty much quiet. After recording it on their phones, they sent it to us where we uh, put the backing music to it. And uh, I would like to highlight that uh, the poems here are each their own. The first uh, piece with Sumon Mubarak, it's called It's Not So Easy to Forget. And this will be followed by the one by, with Zakir, it's called I'm Sorry. Hawal ki bhule jawa hato da shohat kothanol. Aar juli amon kai kor, tobe shahorir putita bolite kolite. Chole kabir jor jom sajodika. हमारे भूले जावाज कथा आलो बतास अनल जल संमिश्रणे बाड़ब थिएटर पहाड़ पर्वत गल्पर स्वार्थे भेगे करब चूरमा भाव सम्प्रसारण पंक्ति एगे चलो दुर्बा पुरुष सम्प्रदाय बाटे गल्पर बनायस्तार हाथे काटे माटे कद्द कद्द कब्य रचना भूले जावा अतटा सहज कृष्टि हतम्बप्रस्त विश्व भूले जावा सहज कथा
আপনাদের পরিচ্ছন্ন দেয়ালে রং তুলে দিয়ে আঁকা চিত্রটি ঝুলিয়ে দেওয়ার জন্য দুঃখিত কর্মটির বিষয় পরবাস নাম সুখ পাখি কোন এক প্রবাসী শ্রমিকের প্রেয়সীর রাখা নাম এটি ডানদিকটা অবিন্যস্ত বসত বাড়ি শিশুদের আনন্দময় মাঠ পেরিয়ে সবুজ আভা দেখতে পাচ্ছেন কার থেকে হালকা হয়ে হলুদের ভেতর অনিচ্ছায় ঢুকে ছড়িয়ে পড়েছে দিক থেকে দিগন্তে এখান থেকেই হ্যাঁ এখান থেকেই শুরু হয়েছিল তুলির ধীরে যা ধোঁয়ায় আচ্ছন্ন তামাটে আকাশে মিশেছে আবির মাখা সন্ধ্যা থমকে দাঁড়িয়ে আছে নক্ষত্রের দরজায় অসাধারণ বলে তুমুল শুভেচ্ছা বৃষ্টির ভেতর থেকে এক ভয়বৃত্ত উঠে ঘনিষ্ঠ হয়ে চিত্রটি দেখে ভেজা কণ্ঠে বললেন তোমাদের সামনে কৃতজ্ঞতায় নিয়ে থাকবে এ দুনিয়া জনম বিব্রত আমি চিত্রাঙ্কনটি সরিয়ে নিচ্ছি আর বারবার বলছি the end of episode 2 of Black Country Radio. Every show will have an accompanying PDF uh, that you can download containing artist bios and track details. So this has been brought to you by Ujikaji and the Observatory. We'll see you in two weeks' time with more Black Country Radio. And may we all do better in 2021.